podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Today uh, is an exciting day. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, it is Saturday. So we are going to talk about the Thursday night football game. We all hear it. All the games will be played on Sunday, but we will well, have not. The Monday night game. Well, except the Monday night game, yes. But all the Monday or Sunday games will have been played. We're not talking about those, again, because we haven't seen them yet. Uh, but we will react to the Bills game. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about some other stuff. And then uh, we're going to get into some NBA. Just a little bit. Not a whole lot, but just happenings, rumblings of the NBA. But before we do all that, Thomas has another edition of his uh, little Wikipedia game, trying to stump me this time, which he has so far yet been able to do. Well, this is going to be the first time. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <clears throat> are you ready? Yeah, man. Okay. This Premier League team. All right, you win. Uh, cool. Their home stadium, White Hart Lane, was originally a disused nursery. Norwich. No. All right. The 10,000th Premier League goal was scored by this team in a win against Fulham in December 2001. Wow. That's significant. Uh, 2001, they were in the Premier League. They were probably good in 2001, right? You would think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, teams that were good <clears throat> in the early 2000s in the Premier League. Surely you wouldn't be silly enough to do Aston Villa. No. Okay, because you got to know that would be the first one I would pick. That right. yeah, yeah. That's why I intentionally did not pick Aston. Villa. I mean, you picked the Steelers earlier. Well, you know, I wanted to build. You your picked co- the Yankees. You picked my favorite team. I wanted to build your confidence up so I can rip you down. All right, right fair here enough. Fair enough. Give me the third hint. This team was the first team to ever win the UEFA Cup, which was established in 1971. All right, um, man. These hints. Not helping me, but we're going to be cool when I find out who the team is. What did you say the arena was called? White Hart Lane. White Hart Lane. Okay, so I'm just going to guess a team that has white in the color. Let's go Tottenham. That's that's correct. Let's go! You can't get me, son! You can't get me, son! A, A sport? I could name five teams right now in the Premier League. Maybe. And two players. I mean, I don't know. More than two. But, like... I know nothing about soccer outside of Bayern Munich. I thought that this was it. Let's I, go! I, I thought I finally got you. Let's go! I mean, complete shot in the dark, but I still... Okay, all right, move uh, on. Uh, give me the rest of the facts. This is interesting to learn about. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur were the first British club to win a major European trophy when they lifted the European Cup in 1963. Solid. And then last... Uh, Diego Maradona once pulled on a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Uh, for he wore the number ten, and he uh, play. It was a testimonial game against Inter Milan, where they Tottenham won two one. What is a testimonial game? I don't know. Fair enough. Well, cool. Interesting facts about the Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, Unfortunately, you did not stump me again. You want to you want to know what makes this really interesting? What you know what the website is that I got these fun facts from? What SouthamptonFC.com. Interesting. Um, hey, let's tell you guys about this other Premier League team. This other team that has more success. Yeah, let's talk at about least them lately. for a bit. 
Uh, well, cool, man. Uh, I appreciate the. I love that. I, I really enjoy learning new stuff about these these random teams, especially yeah, when it comes well, to soccer, because I don't know anything about soccer. Well, I also like looking smart. You know? Next week, I'm pulling out a cricket team. All right. So, I mean, or, some, I, or some Aussie Rules football. I'm going to get something. I cannot name a single cricket team or Aussie Rules football team, so you're going to win if you pick one of those. Yeah, it looks like I win by default the next two times in a row. I mean,. All right, then next time we do this, I'm going to pick a Chinese Olympian for badminton. Yeah, well, uh, you know, speaking of winning by default, yeah. how about them Bills? I mean, it was definitely not by default. It was by the hand of Matthew Stafford um, playing not good football. Well, you know, you can't be a hoss every game. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, like, I've heard a lot. Since the game, I watched the game. It was a fantastic game. Um, I mean, maybe it's just because like football was back, but like watching it was so fun. Uh, I, I, Matthew Stafford didn't look bad in the first half. The picks were not great. None of the picks were great. But then he was. I mean, he was overthrowing guys. Uh, it was not good. But I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, the 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 Super Bowl hangover." I heard someone say. That they thought the Bills were going to win six games this year. Or not the Bills, the uh, Rams. Which is wild to me. Um, I think it's one bad game. It is the start. They got a brand new offensive line, basically. Matthew Stafford is having problems with that elbow. He said he came out and said, Oh, yeah, my elbow's feeling better than it ever has. I think that was just talk. I think it's bothering him more than he wants to say. Uh, again, he was overthrowing people. Uh, through obviously three interceptions, which was not great. I'm not worried about the Rams. Uh, you know, to me, the blame falls on Jalen Ramsey. Oh, oh. Uh, listen, everyone loves a character, someone who's not afraid to talk smack. But you can't be talking smack. Uh, and I think it's important to note before we get into his performance, the history. Yeah. Uh. And there is some. And Jalen Ramsey looks like, I mean, an idiot. He, like, okay, here, I'm going to throw out two quotes for you. Okay. Go for it. Uh, the first one is about Josh Allen. Yep. Jalen Ramsey, this I, is a direct quote. I remember it well. I think Allen is trash. I don't care what nobody says. He is trash and it's going to show. What a stupid draft pick. Yep. Would you like to hear some of the numbers? Josh Allen versus Jalen Ramsey career. I mean, go for it. Josh Allen is 3-0 with 768 passing yards, 163 rushing yards, and 11 touchdowns. Is that good? I, I'd say that. Is that good? No, that's trash. Terrible draft pick. Terrible draft pick. I mean, the Bills should just start over and draft somebody else this year. And then the second quote, this one is actually from this season. Uh, Stefan Diggs had very high praise for Jalen Ramsey going into the game, and Jalen responded with, he's good, but like I said, I'm not here to blow smoke about how good this person may or may not be. I don't, I, I am personally a big fan of trash talk. I think he can I go, do too. I think he can go too far. I think people say inappropriate things. Yes, that's not great, but trash talk in itself Fantastic. Oh, it makes the game exciting. Yeah. Until you let six receptions on seven targets for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. When you're supposedly the premier cornerback in the league. Exactly. Trash talk is great 
until you can't back it up. You have to back it up. I like this is mind boggling to me that a guy like Jalen Ramsey refuses to acknowledge anybody else and then comes out here and has a game like this because he is good. Like this, I'm, this is not. I think the Jalen Ramsey we're going to see for the rest of the season by any stretch of the imagination. It was clearly an off night. But, man, how good did Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs feel when they were absolutely torching the kid all night? Had to be great for them. I cannot imagine. I I mean, it had to be a fantastic feeling. Uh, You know, because there's nothing that feels better than putting a trash talker in their place. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, we we can talk about Jalen Ramsey. The rest of the defense looked really good in the first half of the game. Oh, Bobby Wagner is looking like a really solid piece. The the Rams defense did not look bad. Bobby Wagner continues to defy time as does Von freaking Miller for the Bills. Yeah. But um it was they they forced four turnovers, which is really good. Uh and so I think the blame pretty pretty solely falls on the offense. Uh, I thought Sean McVay made a lot of really weird calls. They were so dependent on DJ Henderson to start that game. You mean Darnell Henderson? No, Daryl Henderson is his real name. I don't know what either of us were thinking. Uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., to be specific. uh, They were super dependent. They were feeding him the ball, and it wasn't Uh, a great turnout. So I was literally screaming in my head, Sean McVay, why do you keep running the ball to Daryl Henderson? Give the ball to Stafford. And then Stafford passed the way he did. And I was like, oh, um, all right. Keep running the ball. To <laughs> but where was Cam Akers? That's my question. Uh, he was missing. He is missing still. I think the He FBI only had, what, three carries? Yeah, three carries for zero yards. Yeah. Uh, no receptions, no targets. Uh, it wasn't – it was – a lot of people are probably looking at last night and being like, or not last night, obviously, but uh, a, a lot of people are probably looking at that game and wondering what is happening. Yeah, it, the the Rams did not look great. Um, there was a lot of turnover on that team this year. Uh, they obviously lost some wide receivers. They obviously their whole offensive line basically has changed, and so I, I again I'm not worried about it. It's the first game of the season. Most of their starters didn't participate in the preseason. So I'm not crazy worried about the Rams, but last night they did not look good. Again, outside of the defense, the defense looked pretty good. Yes, they allowed 31 points, but they had four turnovers. They had a couple of big key stops. I mean, I I put this solely on the offense, but ultimately I don't think it's going to be terrible. I mean, sure, the running game has to be has to get better. Yeah, it can't absolutely. stay this bad. Uh, Cam Akers has to get better. I don't know if he will. I mean, they got to like, feed him for him to get better. They he do. only had three they, carries. They do. Uh, and, and But it's just really surprising, Yeah, the carry share. Uh, they met, they didn't have Van Jefferson at wide receiver. Uh, so I know the, I know the Rams are, were feeling that loss. And they only got Allen Robinson two targets. Yeah. Uh, for that de- for that offense to really get clicking, Stafford's got to go to more than just Cup. And, I mean, Cup had a game. Cup had a game. But he also had 15 targets. I uh, I was texting one of our friends watching the game, uh, and he was like, man, 
just based on this game, is Cup going to do it again? And I was like, dude, if you had asked me a month ago, no. That's an irreplicable season. No one thought anyone was going to do it after Calvin Johnson. And uh, Cup did it, and we were like, oh, crap. But dang, man, he's been the entirety of the offense for this Rams team tonight. Could he do it again? (laughs) Can you name what college Cooper Cup went to? Uh, Washington State. Eastern. Wyoming State. Eastern Eastern Washington. Washington. Yep. There you go. Yep. I knew that. Yeah. There's that sport encyclopedia knowledge. You know it, man. Yeah, Cooper Cup looked fantastic. Tyler Hidby had a decent game. He had a couple of really key drops, though, that did not help them either. Uh, He's a big old tight end uh, who is usually really good, but he had a couple of third down drops, a couple of uh, things that could have extended plays, extended drives, and he uh, dropped those. So that was not great. He was obviously five, had five receptions on 11 targets. Yeah. And some of those were simply missed passes, but at least a few of them were easy drops. Uh, you know, looking at the makeup of this Rams team, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move at some point to go get a better tight end. Nothing against Higby, but, like, this offense feels like a really good, like, a top 10 tight end would really unlock it for him. I don't know, man. I like Tyler Higby a lot. I think this was an off game for I think this was an off game for the entire Rams team. Like, I don't think that's Jalen Ramsey. I don't think that's Matthew Stafford. I don't think that's Cam Akers. I don't even think that's Daryl Henderson. Um, I, I think pretty much everyone on that team can play better, and I think they will. I think you can play better. Oh, Dad. You're welcome. But enough talking about the negative on the side of the Rams. Let's talk about the Bills. Oh, my gosh. The Super Bowl (laughs) contenders. Uh, Super Bowl champions. Crown them now. Man. Well, you know, let's walk it back a little bit. Obviously don't crown them now. But, man, did they look good. Josh Uh, Allen. did Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs looked good. Gabriel Davis, too. But, like, they got to figure out who's going to be the running back. That it, is definitely It can't be thing. Josh Allen. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But running back has been their problem always, right? Yeah. Like, running back has been an issue for a while. Devin Singletary didn't have a bad night. I mean, he averaged, like, six yards a carry. Yeah, no. Uh, Devin... Which is not bad. Obviously, Cook and Moss both had a fumble, which is not good. Cook on his only carry that night, and that's got to hurt. Your first carry yeah. as a rookie. Yeah, man, it is definitely not. You get all this hype. Definitely not ideal. Yeah. Uh, I hate it for him. Um, Zach Moss is what he is. Um, and Devil, Devin Singletary, while he had a good game, I mean, he's got a history of vanishing into thin air, like yeah. you know, Spider-Man at the end of Infinity War. I definitely don't think Singletary is the guy, but I think with as good as Josh Allen is and as good as Stephon Diggs is and as, I mean, phenomenal. They were missing Tredavious White, and they still, their defense looked like they haven't lost a step from last year when they were declared the number one overall defense in the NFL, right? The Bills have one of the most frustrating defenses to play against. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I saw it. Um, It is, they just envelop. Other teams' momentum, their offensive production. It is a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, they they were absolutely smothering Henderson at the line. 
they were absolutely – I mean, they had everything covered when Matthew Stafford was trying to pass. Every facet of the game, they looked – I mean, locked down. And it showed. They Yes, the offense of the Rams had a bad game, but that's in large part due to how well – the Bills play defense. It makes it easy to see why their fans put themselves through tables. Yeah. Oh yeah. It makes so much more sense after watching that defense in action. It's like it's like poetry in motion. I agree, man. And like, um, yes, the Rams defense got four turnovers. Let's not discount the three turnovers that the Bills got either. The Bills got three picks off of. Matthew Stafford, and unlike Josh Allen's picks, which both, I mean, one of them was pretty much Allen's fault, but the other one was just an incredible defensive play. I don't know if you saw that, but holy moly. Josh Allen threw it straight to his receiver, and old buddy just smacked him in the chest and ripped it out of his hands. It was uh, incredible. But um, the, the, the Bills' defense also grabbed three... Interceptions for Matthew Stafford. A couple of them were had to be some diving plays. One of them was tipped and defender, eyes on the ball, quick thinking, jumped and got the pick. And so the Bills defense just absolutely incredible. On top of Josh Allen looking like a freaking maniac. At a 31 attempts, he only had five incomplete passes. And two of those were picks, which one of them wasn't even his fault. Josh Allen is amazing. I'm so excited for Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. It's going to be electric. I mean, none of them are going to touch Kenny Pickett, but you know. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. Well, if you weren't sure what temperature our takes were going to be today, rest assured, they're very hot. The Commanders are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, my land. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Commanders aren't going to win seven games. <laughs> hey, they could. They could. They could. They could. They won't. They they have a strong... I mean, anyone can win that division. Mm, can anyone win that division? I mean, it's the tank bowl. I, I really feel like no teams in that division are tanking. I feel like no teams in that division are really trying to win. Except for Philly. I was about to say, can we not talk about how Philly addressed the offseason this year? The only can thing, we talk about the only, how good Dak Prescott is? You don't have a guy like Dak at quarterback if you're trying to tank. Can we talk about how they have two starting caliber running backs in their backfield? Can we talk about how the additions that they made to their defense this wait, year and on. how they're probably going to be a top 12 hold defense? On, hold on. Did you just admit that Tony Pollard was a starting caliber running back? Yeah, I never said he wasn't. I said he's not nearly as good as Ezekiel Elliott, and I won't stand for the Ezekiel Elliott slander. Well, you know, they're doing a uh, carry share, so... I mean, I guess every, we'll, we'll see what happens. Every backup running back gets carry, so technically all NFL teams do a carry share. I'm just saying, t- technically. See, this is when you use the word semantics correctly. Semantics. There you go. Uh, no, man, it's... I, I think the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles both look good. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the Bills. We're talking about the Rams. We're talking about how good the Bills looked. It was a really good game. It was fun to watch. The Bills look like the odds-on Super Bowl favorites, and they are. I'm excited about the Bills season. I said 
earlier in a podcast not too long ago that the Bills may be slightly, not very, but slightly overrated. And I would just like to say I am man enough to admit when I am wrong. And oh, buddy, I was wrong. (laughs) They looked great. I'm excited about it for the rest of the season. I'm not worried about the Rams. They looked good. Or the defense looked good. I think the offense will figure it out. I mean, they have one of the most gifted offensive minds in all of football and Sean McVay as their head coach. So, uh, yeah, any final thoughts on the Bills-Rams game? Um, A lot of people are thinking this is going to be a preview for the Super Bowl. It could be, but I it's really hard for a team to go to a Super Bowl back-to-back. I agree. Um, we've kind of gotten a distorted view on how hard that is with teams like Tampa Bay and hockey, uh, Golden State and basketball, New England and football. Uh, and I think we're starting to see the downswing on these dynasties where one team runs away with it, but instead you get like three or four like contenders who are always jawing at each other. So I think this is an example of that. And I don't think that the next game that these two teams play are necessarily going to go the same way. I agree. I, I, I definitely think parity in sports is becoming more and more of a thing. Uh, just because I think there's more and more like talented athletic kids coming out now. Uh, like we look at the picture of Tom Brady coming out of college and look at the picture of Tom Brady or look at a picture of Tom Brady now. Like he's 25 years older and he looks like more in shape than he was coming out of college. And then look at DK Metcalf coming out of college. He looked like he could fight a bear and win. Uh, so I think guys coming in now are just more athletic, which spreads that out around the entire league, which raises parity, obviously. But I agree. I think it would be very, very difficult for the Rams to get back to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's impossible. I think the NFC is definitely not nearly as loaded as the AFC is, so I think they've got a shot. They're probably one of four or five teams that I think could go. The NFC isn't as loaded as the AFC West is. I mean, yeah, fair. <laughs> Uh, we definitely saw a reshifting of the parity within the league, yeah. especially in the AFC. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it very well could be a Super Bowl preview. But, and again, because I'm not worried about the Rams. I think it was an off game. I think it was a bad game. Uh, but I do think it would be hard. I, it's hard for any team to get the Super Bowl. I think if the Bills do it, I think the Bills are due it. So I think the Bills could do it. Um, but again, that AFC, man, is... Absolutely stacked. I think the Rams could do it, but there's a couple of heavy hitters that they've got to knock out on the way there. So yeah, it could be tough. It's hard to fig- It's hard to gauge where everyone's at because, like, you do have these players like Brady and Rodgers who are playing at a level that they physically shouldn't be able to play at anymore. It's dumb. Retire, and, Tom. It honestly makes you wonder, like, how much of that is in facility training versus how much of it is their own gurus, their own trainers. Well, we like, know certain guys, like Tom and Russ, have their own trainers. Russ has Team 3. Tom has Team 12? I don't really know. TB12. Yeah, TB12. TB12. So they've got their own people. But a lot of guys don't have their own people, but they have their own preferences, right? Right, and you know, there's this huge discussion that seems to get waged every time there is a uh, 
every time training camp is being discussed or pre we're coming out of preseason because some guys like to go out of the facility versus in the facility and get their own personal like the TV12 team 3 yeah. etc cetera, etc cetera. uh and there's a lot of conversation about do the players have the right to go out of facility to train their bodies cuz like it is this like huge conversation about like okay you're a player in a league for a team do you own your body or does that team that league own your body yeah i first of all you own your body when you're an employee for somebody like if i but it's different i it's uh, different and and this one pocket it is different than for all the rest see i disagree here's why i disagree i have a work computer Right? Okay. If I take my work computer home, I have every right to do that. If I drop it and break it, I, I'm i on the hook for it. Right? Mm-hmm. These guys sign contracts with all of this stuff in it. They own their own body. Yes, it is their work tool. Right? They work with their bodies. If they go out and break it through no fault of their own, or uh, through no fault of the team, I should say, they should have to pay. Like, if they have to miss games, if it's written in their contract, they don't get their game checks, whatever. They have to face the consequences if they get cut by their team because they can't be available, whatever. They should have to face the consequences just like if I broke my laptop at home. But they still have the right to do whatever they want with their bodies. Right, right. But the difference is you can just go buy a new laptop. You can't buy a new knee. I mean, I agree. You know? I agree. It's it's a hard conversation to have. It really is. Because every time a player goes out of facility of the train and gets hurt, it's this whole shebang. Is the team going to pay for it? Is the insurance going to cover it? Um, are they going to? Is it going to hurt their spot on the team? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, there was a Broncos tackle, I think it was, last season. Not, yep. this, not this season, but last season. Who was out of facility at a camp and had a Achilles injury happen. Uh, and this is kind of what started. Like the latest talk is from Chase Young. Chase Young was at a this season. He was at a camp outside of the facility. Reaggravated his ACL injury. The Commanders are very not happy, and they are making sure everyone knows how unhappy they are. But. Circling back to the Broncos player, uh, a lot of his money, he lost a lot of money because uh, the team wouldn't pay for his uh, season injury. He, he lost $10 million. And it starts this like whole conversation like, should I lose that money if I'm trying to make myself better for the job that you are paying me so much money to do? So, but then that begs the question, should you get paid for the job that they're paying you so much to do if you're not able to do it? Like, it, like, it is a hard conversation because injury sucks, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. But, like, if I own a team and I'm paying a guy to play tackle for my team and he is trying to get better, I get that, he's trying to get better, and he gets hurt, he's not playing. So he's not doing what I'm paying for him to do. And, like, I do think... Now, I do think the team should maybe help pay... I don't know, man. This is a tough conversation. And I think what makes it even tougher is what happened with Deshaun Watson. 
right? Okay, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then. Yes. Before we go down the Deshaun Watson rabbit hole. Yes. He had a $150,000 workout bonus, this player on the Broncos. Okay. Should he have still gotten it, or should that have been removed as well? But he, he did it while he was working out? He did it working out, training for the upcoming season. I mean, I would have to know the terms of the bonus, right? Like, do you have to work out so many times? Do you have to work out in a specific place? Do you have to work out just at all, like ever? Like, I don't, I, I would need to know the terms. Because ultimately, when you sign a contract, you sign a contract. So if it says you have to work out so many times for so long at this facility and he didn't do that, then no, he shouldn't be compensated for it. But if he was doing it in the process, or if he was following the terms of the contract, and in the process is when he got hurt, then yes, he absolutely should okay, be compensated Okay, okay. So, last thing before we get into Deshaun Watson. Did you know that injuries that occur outside of the facility are considered non-football injuries? Any injury? Any injury. So, like, even if they're... So, this injury that we're talking about, where he was at this camp training to get... Per- in his opinion, be more prepared for the upcoming season, that was classified as a non-football injury. What does that change as far as healthcare and all that goes? It changes with, like, the team's responsibility with that player. Like, the team ended up, I'm pretty sure, paying for the surgery and playing for paying for rehab, but they're not on the hook to do so. Yeah. Uh, and... In a business like this, you're not always going to have situations like these that turn out in a moral way. Yeah. Man, I don't, I don't know. It's it's wild to me that it doesn't count if it's outside of the facility as a football injury. Because you have guys in the NFL. We Currently in the NFL, there are guys from Germany, guys from Hawaii... Guys from the majority of the 50 states, if not all of them. I don't know if anyone from Rhode Island is playing football right now. But, like, you have guys all over the country. You have a guy currently playing in Miami, Florida, from Hawaii. Yeah. When they're not playing for six months of the year, do you expect them to do nothing outside of the facility? I'm telling you, if I was an owner, I would hope that they didn't do nothing i would hope that yeah. they do something to stay in shape to keep yeah. active to stay in that routine like when tool goes home to visit his family because surely he has sure yes he's a quarterback in the nfl but surely he hasn't made that much money that he can move his entire family from hawaii to miami yeah so when he goes home and visits do you want him sloughing around sitting on the couch eating spam all day or do you want him on the beach yeah drinking Corona in the sand? Or do you want him working out? Because if you refuse to pay for something, anything that happens off-site, that's what that's going to encourage guys to do. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about a young first-round pick quarterback. Man's got money. Yeah. Man's can have a blast out in Hawaii, or Miami for that matter, doing nothing. I also... Man, I also think this goes back to what we were saying earlier about guys just being more fit now. Like, Peyton Manning probably was not in the gym busting out bench presses and stuff like that when he was in college. He did whatever the trainer told him to do. He studied film and threw darts on the football field. 
nowadays, You're guys. Your throws footballs. Nowadays, guys are all over the gym. Guys have their own workout. By the time they get to college, they have their own established routine, right? By the time guys finish college, they probably have some of their own people, their own preferred trainers, like stuff like that. And definitely by the time they're in the NFL, they have their own people. The, the fact is people, everybody's different. The same workout routine does not work for everybody. The same equipment does not work for everybody. The same stuff is not, you can't paint a broad brush over the entirety of the NFL and say, all of you on my football team can use this stuff and these guys. Because that doesn't work for guys You now. can't paint with a broad brush over a single team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, exactly. So it's it's it seems asinine to me to ask everybody to either, one, bring all of their people into the facility, or two, do all of their stuff with the people already at the facility, especially with how seriously guys take their bodies now. I can't... Uh, I... I think that's super silly that anything not on site is a non-football injury. So let me ask you this thing. Yes. And what if there's a camp? Yes. Like that, tied in you? Yeah. That occurs at another team's facility. And a player gets hurt at that facility who does not play for that team. Who is on the hook for that? It's a great question. Because, like, I mean, I think camps are wonderful. You have the best of the best getting together and exchanging trade secrets. Yeah. Who loses besides the player they're matched up with the most? Yeah. I agree, man. I don't... I don't know. This is a difficult conversation. It is hard. Because ultimately anything can happen. Yeah. Like, there are guys... I I mean, some of the most brutal injuries we've seen have been non-contact injuries. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, like things can happen anywhere, anytime, and uh, I don't. It really feels like this is something that has to be a contract thing. You have to write it in your contract. You have to do this and do that. And again, I think the Deshaun Watson situation makes it more complicated. Yeah, because Deshaun Watson is using these sixty-plus massage therapists in like seventeen months, which is absurd. But like, supposedly that's to get better, right? Yeah. And then he... I mean, it's to get himself better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, the allegations come out. And so now we're seeing with Deshaun, part of his fine suspension and rehabilitation, uh, a stipulation, too, is that any massage he gets is um, Cleveland approved, right? They have to approve it. It has to be at the facility. And so how long is it before we see more owners and more teams that are worried about something like Deshaun happening, now cracking down on guys saying, hey, if you want to do this, it has to be at the facility or else. I think we're at a calm before the storm type situation, especially when it comes to athletes' maintenance of their own bodies. Yeah. And I think the next uh, collective bargaining agreement is going to be really interesting. It's going to be really tough. It is. It is. We might miss a week or two of football. Hopefully nothing more than that. Hopefully yeah. not even that. But yeah. the the this next CBA is going to be a it's going to be a dogfight. Man, I'm going to be really honest. <laughs> when you you're like, "Hey man, let's talk about this on the podcast." I was like, "Yeah, that could be good." I looked up some stuff, whatever. But honestly, 
I wasn't as like this is a hard topic. It is a lot harder than I expected to talk about because yeah, it is a very very weird. Because yes, from a player standpoint, I I want to wholeheartedly say, let them do whatever they want, right? But when it comes down to it, the NFL is a business, mm-hmm. right? And from a business standpoint as well, regardless of what happened to your employee, if your employee is not working, yeah, you like something needs and to what be if, done. What if that contract is fully guaranteed? Yeah, because yeah. we're seeing more and more contracts be more and more guaranteed. Yeah, and if it's guaranteed, like that money is set, it's secure. So regardless of if he's playing or not, yeah. Man, it, it is tough. I I tend to lean towards players. I really do because again, yes, they are using it for their job. Their body is their job, right? Well, their skill, their mind, all that also their job. Yeah. But like they have to have their bodies to do it. And I think everyone is so individualistic that these guys know what they want. And I think so I, I think I lean towards the players. I, I really do. I think they should be able to do what they want. With I wouldn't be mad at a few exceptions. I wouldn't be mad at a few restrictions. Like within reason. Within reason, deal. yeah. But I think the players ultimately should be able to do what they feel is best for their body and and for their future. Because you talk about camps. like We have seen multiple tight ends talk about how good tight end U was for them. I mean, we heard Kyle Pitts talk about it, and, being invited I mean, to tight end U before his rookie season and then having an incredible rookie season. And, like, the crazy thing is, like, the, not only are these events good for the uh, pros, but that's not the intended art or the intended target audience. It's high school and college kids were trying to refine their game. So it, it literally everyone wins by these. This is... These are great things that, in my opinion, need to occur more frequently. It makes these role models more relatable to these younger athletes who are in the same role, same position within their team as their role models are. And it gives them a chance to work with them, get a taste of their routine, the level of intensity and commitment it takes. And I'm worried that this discussion will lead to no, no more of that. Yeah. I also think, man, like, as somebody – we see a lot of athletes work out with each other, right? Right. Like, we – like, a lot of guys live in California in the off season. Don't mm-hmm. understand why. From what I understand, it's 170 degrees every day from yeah, February but, to September. But, but it's a dry heat. Yeah, fair. You walk into the shade and it's instantly 20 degrees cooler. But you might have guys from 10 different teams all working out together over in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. And so, as a guy – who does not work out, I probably should. You, obviously. you have in the past. I have in the past. And the only time I have worked out is when it's with other people. When I have people pushing me, motivating me, it's made me do more than I ever thought I could. I, right. I remember specifically I had a friend. We were working out together. He was like, all right, we're doing cardio, treadmill. I was like, all right, bet. Ran for like a minute and a half, st- slowed it down to a fast walk. And he was like, bro, what are you doing? I was like, I got to slow down, man. He's like... You can do more than two minutes. You can do five minutes. I was like, trust me, I can't run for five minutes straight. He goes, yeah, you can. And he turned it up, covered the thing. He goes, I'm not letting you see the time. And finally, he pulls his hand off, and it was like seven and a half minutes. He's like, there you go, bud. It's a mind thing. People can do more when they are being motivated. Yeah. And I just, man, I think the risk 
I mean, look or at... Or I think the reward outweighs the risk with guys wanting to work out together to push each other to get yeah. better. It creates... Like, the NFL is a business that creates a better product. I agree. That creates a more marketable product. That is better for the business. I agree. But, you know, I'm not one of the owners. I don't get a vote at the meetings. This is just my humble opinion from my humble abode. Oh, I, obviously, we have no <laughs> ability to change this <laughs> at all. But I do think that uh, ultimately, I, I get both sides. I just really think the players should be able to do with their bodies as they please. Obviously, without like you know no PEDs, no like hardcore drugs, anything like that. Those stipulations are necessary, obviously. But you understand what I'm saying. As far as workout, yeah. as far as improving their own body, I think they should be able to do that. I, I think we've pretty much said all we can on this yeah. topic. You want to hit some of this basketball news? Yeah, man. Uh, so there's a lot that's happened in the offseason in basketball. Too much for us to go over every single a bit lot, of it. A lot happened in every sport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. But we're not going to go over every, every, every bit. But I have a few things that I think are pretty important. Um, big names that were moved. Big contracts that were signed. So just a couple. Uh, but one, got a few contract extensions, and a couple of these are interesting. John Morant, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, LeBron James, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic all had contract extensions this year in the NBA. And the two interesting ones of those, first of all, all these guys, face of their team, um, obviously huge, huge, huge players. If Zion can stay healthy, he's like Shaq 2.0, but can also shoot. Uh, LeBron is obviously the greatest player of all time. Carl Anthony Towns is hit or miss, but hits more often than he misses. Devin Booker is just young and amazing. And John Moran is probably the most electric guy in basketball right now. And then Nikola Jokic, MVP, incredible fundamental basketball player. Really, really good. Love Nikola Jokic. He's the type of guy... Where you look at his stats and like, eh, and then you look at the advanced stats and you're like, holy cow, is there anyone better? But the two interesting extensions here, uh, Nikola Jokic signed the biggest, uh, the richest contract in NBA history. Nikola Jokic just signed. Which That's is a lot of money. If you looked at all the players in the NBA right now, he would be the last one. Not I'd the last pro- one, obviously. I'd probably guess Greek Freak. Yeah, like Giannis or KD. But Jokic, good on you, Jokic. Again, I mean, he's great. There's a reason he's won MVPs. There's a reason uh, he's got, I mean, pretty much the lead in every advanced metric out there. But then the second one is LeBron's extension. So LeBron signed a two-year extension with an um, opt-out at the, in the last year. Basically, it signs him to where he's guaranteed to be with the Lakers via contract until LeBron James Jr., Bronny. Bronny, as we like to call him, is drafted into the NBA. And he has an opt-out that would allow him to opt out of his contract and go play wherever Bronny is. And that fascinates me. Because, I mean, LeBron James, goaded. He's, people are always washed. He was second in the league last year in points per game at the age of like 78 years old. Get over yourself. He's still the greatest basketball player of all time. And so nothing suggests to me that he won't play at a high level in two years. And I think 
I don't necessarily think when Bronny is in the NBA, LeBron James is going to be putting up 31 points a game by any stretch of the imagination. Might be putting up 31 assists. To Bronny. No. Uh, but I think it would just be really fascinating to see LeBron play with Bronny, especially because it's it's something he's wanted for a long time. I think that'd be really cool to see. Kind of like Ken Griffey I, playing with Ken Griffey Jr. It's going to be something that we don't see very often. Yeah, for sure. So, like, even someone who doesn't really watch basketball like me, that game is gonna has to be turned on. Yeah. It has to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, those are the contract extensions. Uh, now, there are a couple guys who also signed new contracts. Uh, Jay, or James Beal. Bradley Beal and James Harden both declined their fifth-year options with their respective teams in order to sign bigger deals Makes sense. with those teams. So Bradley Beal signed a massive extension, or not extension, a massive contract let me, with... Let me ask you this. Yes. Would you rather make 30 mil this year or 50? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, not, not a hard decision to make there. But for some reason... Unlike the rest of the world, Bradley Beal does not see how garbage of a franchise the Wizards are. And so to get a rise out of me, it's not gonna happen. And so he is re-signed. I believe it was a five-year deal with the Wizards, and then Harden signed a two-year deal worth a lot more money uh than his initial fifth-year option with the 76ers. And man, if Harden can recapture recapture his MVP level play, then he can be dangerous on that Sixers team. He obviously didn't do it this year. Uh, but which was disappointing, naturally. Yeah. But if he can recapture it, I like Doc Rivers as a coach. I love Joel Embiid, big Embiid fan. I thought he should have won the MVP this year, but whatever. Um, I think that team can be dangerous. And then if the Wizards have any hope of being relevant, it's going to be because of Bradley Beal. Because Bradley Beal was so overshadowed by John Wall when John Wall was there. And yet, for some reason, I mean, he was playing better than John Wall. And then he's been hurt since John Wall's been gone, and well, so he hasn't had a chance to really show off who he is. So I think John Wall is the greatest wizard of all time. I mean, he's not. Uh, or let me rephrase that: John Wall should have been the greatest wizard of all time. His should career have. has been derailed and plagued with injuries. I mean, yeah, but Bradley Beal was still better. I mean, not defensively. John Wall's three feet tall. John Wall, John Wall's game. Like, the big thing about John Wall was how good he was defensively. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about the Wizards. I know that Bradley Beal is very, very good. I know that the last couple of years he was in uh, Washington, Wall was being outshined by Beal, and yeah. yet nobody was talking about Beal. Bradley Beal is the long-lost splash brother who was put up for adoption. I'm a big fan of Beal. I hope that he can... Uh, come back and play really, really well, and, and maybe make the Wizards a little bit relevant. And lastly, I have a couple trades that I think are pretty big. Uh, one of them was huge, uh, and the other one was too huge, in my opinion. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for a guy named Laurie Markkanen. Markkanen? Markkanen? Or uh, Markkanen? Markkanen. That's a probably. And Ochai Agabahi. Agabahi? I don't know either of those two guys. But he was traded for those two guys and three first-round picks. Now, this is weird. The Jazz have knocked on the door the last couple of years. And Donovan Mitchell was a big part of that. 
Spider. Uh, obviously, the tiff between him and... Gobert. Rudy Gobert. No. Uh, him and Jason Tatum for Rookie of the Year that one oh, year. Oh, yeah. Was that was... Hilarious. Yeah. Tatum was better. He deserved it. Don't give me that whole definition of a rookie thing. Definition but, of a rookie says that. I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> but nonetheless, Donovan Mitchell is absolutely fantastic. He's a great young guy. Uh, they still... I mean, the Cleveland is also pretty young. I think they might have something here with Donovan Mitchell. He's no LeBron James, but I think he could do good things in Cleveland. Bring a championship, not yeah. sure. But I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. He's still young and he's really, really good. I've read that the, that a big reason this trade happened was because there was this like riff with Rudy Gobert and the Jazz just wanted to reset. So that did happen. And I heard that it was kind of tied to March 11th, 2020. Yeah. So did did you see what happened on March 11th, 2020? Uh, I did. I or think... Actually, it was before March 11th, 2020. Uh, well, no. The So if, if you're lost here, we're talking about the day COVID hit. Hit, hit. The day the league shut down. The NFL and NHL shut down. We obviously head into the locker room. But that day was the day that Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID. The world, or not the world, the world was taking it seriously. We weren't as Americans. So he goes to this press conference, touches all the mics. Wasn't that before, though? Wasn't that a few days before? That was the same day. This whole sequence of events just exploded out. Yeah, it he, spiraled. He touched all the mics. He tested positive for COVID. Shortly thereafter, Donovan Mitchell tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And did not have a good time with it. And, uh, like, I, if I remember correctly with the, like, way the schedule had set, been set up at that time, due to the various locker rooms that they had been in and the teams that followed thereafter, we were talking, like, 13, 14 teams that were exposed to covid in total from the jazz. Yeah. Uh, I heard that's what started the... The rift between yeah. the two. It is, yeah. And they came out and said, oh, yeah, it's better. They asked Donovan, oh, how's it with Rudy over the last couple of years? Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, we're cool. We talked it out. They asked Rudy, how is it with Donovan? Oh, yeah, I apologize. We talked it out, blah, blah, blah. But like you, from what I read, it never really fully got solved. And with their lack of success in the playoffs, even though they were right there banging on the door, uh, it I mean, he was not happy. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was not happy. And, um, yeah, it, it all started with some carelessness, which, like, in his defense, most of us were pretty ignorant at that point in time. Most of us didn't know how serious it was at that point in time, which it was still an irresponsible thing to do. I'm not trying to defend it. But I do, I just said in his defense, so I guess I am a little <laughs> bit. But, like, I mean, none of us were taking it quite that seriously yet. Yeah. And uh, it was still irresponsible, obviously, but that's what started it. And speaking of Rudy Gobert, he's the other big trade I wanted to talk about. Uh, this one is the one I think is a little, a little much. Now, Rudy Gobert is Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. He's a great player, but he was just traded to the Timberwolves. Uh, to the Timberwolves, for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walter Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and Leandro Balamore. So it's five players, in case you couldn't count, including three first-round picks 
and a fourth pick to be named later that will likely turn into a first-round pick. Mm. I gotta be honest, dude. I was expecting them to get more for Spida than Rudy Gobert. I mean, they gave up two players and three firsts for Donovan Mitchell. That's that's significant. It is significant, yeah. And these they gave up five players, including a six-man of the year in Pat Bev, who is now on the Lakers. Uh, a really, really good young guy, Malik Beasley, and then a couple of really good prospects. Like, they didn't give up nothing in terms of players. And then three, potentially four first-round picks. I get it. Gobert is good. But holy cow. I think this is a testament that if it's not working, you shouldn't be afraid to blow up your team at the right time. Well, I don't I don't think the Timberwolves are necessarily blowing up their team. The Jazz? Oh, 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 the Jazz. Yes, I agree. I like, instead of trying to force it to work, don't be afraid to just hit the reset button and get assets. Capitalize on on the value you have on your team to get more value. I mean, that's what OKC did. Yeah. And that's what Utah has now done. They both have a tremendous amount of draft picks now for the next few years. And OKC's already hit on a couple. They've already gotten a few guys who are pretty good. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. And, I mean, Gobert is going to be a heck of a addition to that team over there in Minnesota. They already have Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, they already have Anthony Edwards. And so he's definitely not going to hurt that team, I don't think. But I just, man, they gave up a lot. I like Gobert. He's really good. Um, but, yeah, there a lot, a lot more has happened in the NBA. But that's the stuff. Uh, that I thought was significant. We haven't talked about them. Third episode, try, trying to squeak that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, we have. This is the third. Dang. <laughs> Wrote that down for three episodes ago, two episodes ago, but we lost track of time. Yeah. Got a little tied up in the last couple. So here we go. That's the big stuff happening. In the, it, can I talk? No. But there we go. That's the big stuff happening in the NBA. A lot more is going on, obviously. If I... Forgot your favorite player and your favorite team getting traded or doing something. My apologies. I mean, yeah. Different directions. Thomas doesn't care about you. (laughs) Just know I do, and I apologize. Uh, And you know why I care about them so much, Thomas? Why? Because they intently listen to every podcast we post, and that means the world to our dear little hearts. And so we thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, join us on Friday as well. We'll be posting another one up. So, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know about you. I, you're stealing my line, man. Oh, you were you were fumbling the bag. I was not fumbling anything. You were fumbling the Look, bag. I say us uh, sometimes. Okay. I don't know about you. But I'm feeling 22. What are we doing? Oh, oh, I see. I see. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyway, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you have a fantastic day, night, afternoon, Easter. whenever you're listening. Happy Easter in September. Uh, and I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here so we don't get fined.